Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast, episode number 69 with certified yoga therapist and meditation expert, Caitlin Parsons. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. I am Rich Bracken, an award-winning marketer, inspirational consultant, and expert problem solver. Each episode of this podcast will discuss ways to address the obstacles in your life and help you learn how to put your heart and soul into everything you do. Thank you for choosing this podcast to bring more love, happiness, and success into your life. Welcome to another episode of the Enrich Your Soul podcast. I am extremely excited today to have my guest, Caitlin Parsons, join us. She is a meditation and yoga consultant, basically the person that you need to go to to make your life better. That's just the way I'm going to encapsulate it on the front end, and then we're going to unpack who she is. Um, but she is a phenomenal woman that I got to know through social media, and I've really been following her content, and, and I feel enlightened just knowing her. So once we dive into her background, and her thoughts on meditation and yoga, I have no doubt in my mind that you guys are going to feel as engaged, as relaxed, and as ready to get in touch with yourself as possible. So Caitlin, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's dive into a little bit about you. Tell us about you, your background, how you got into your practice, and we'll start from there. Yeah. So I am a certified yoga therapist. Um, That happened about two years ago, but I'll rewind quite a bit. I'm actually from Boston, Massachusetts, and grew up in a very kind of fast paced, go, 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 um, setting high goals for myself kind of atmosphere where I never slowed down or got in touch with myself. Um, So I decided I was a uh, dental hygienist for about 12 years and decided that my body was needing some movement in my life. So I started yoga as a way to feel better. And kind of just the more I went, the more I decided that wow, this is making me feel better on a physical level, but imagine how it could impact me if it was more therapeutic. Because when I went, it was a hot yoga class, which is very different than therapeutic yoga. So um, I dove into a yoga teacher training, decided to move across the country and find a yoga therapy program and landed in San Diego. And um, here I am. I graduated um, with my thousand hour yoga therapy certificate um, two years ago. And I've been working both as a dental hygienist and a yoga therapist since. So uh, a lot of people that probably sit in your chair are perfect clients for you. So people that, <laughs> that, that go to the dentist and then granted, you're probably the most peaceful person to work with in that sense. But um, I can imagine that you'd have a lot of, a lot of prospecting going along, going on in the chair as well. Um, totally. And I love the idea that a, a busy girl from Boston moved to San Diego and became a yoga instructor. I mean, that is, that sounds like heaven to me. I mean, that sounds like a perfect shift. So you know, the one thing that I want to dive into, because a lot of the times, you know, we, we both work in professional environments and a lot of the people that I work with and consult with are, are professionals who are really taking on too much. And they're, you know, we, we live in this culture now that it's a, it's a badge of pride to be overly busy and mm-hmm. to be, you know, stressed out. And that makes you, that's kind of your, your, your pedigree is that that's what really makes you a successful business person. And I think now we're seeing this breaking point of people that are letting it get to them too much. And so the one thing that I love that you talk about, because there's, you know, yoga, we'll we'll dive into the yoga practice, but a lot of what people can do on a daily basis is based around their breathing. 
and mm-hmm. around meditation. And so can you talk a little bit about how, you know, you've discussed um, how you use breathing and movement to uh, become more transformative and, and have a more healing thought process to your day. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about how a busy individual or a busy business person can implement proper breathing, which sounds like an oxymoron, um, and meditation into their daily life to be more balanced. Yes, um, I'd love to. So this is something that hits true to me because I was that person that had a badge of honor of being so busy and accomplishing all these things and really put myself on the back burner. And it really affected, which I'm sure a lot of you resonate with, affected everything that I was doing because because I wasn't taking care of myself fully, I wasn't fully present and invested in everything else that I was doing. Um, so my yoga practice and therapeutic practice has really transformed, took off my badge of honor and I'm trying to work to put it aside and keep it there. Um, but a big part of doing that is daily breath work and daily meditation. And a lot of people think that this stuff has to take, you know, 30 minutes or an hour. You have to take all this time, but really breath work can be a minute in your car on your way to work or um, while you're waiting to go in for a meeting or something like that. But this opportunity to connect to your inner world or your inner landscape and kind of pause and slow down a little bit and um, slow down the, we call it the monkey mind, the one that's always going, 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 that when we can learn to kind of channel the monkey mind, uh, we become more clear and present in our daily life and therefore more productive and, um, and connected to ourselves. So we're coming from a place of kind of alignment and truth rather than feeling like you need to do things just to do it. So it absolutely makes sense. And and I I will admit that I have probably a 12 monkey mind um, as a lot of us do. And so can you give me an example? So if I'm at work and I've just gotten a barrage of emails, I've got a meeting that I'm going into that I'm not looking forward to for one reason or the other, what's something that I can do in one to three minutes, maybe on the way to the meeting room or before I leave my office from a breathing standpoint or a mental standpoint to, to quickly get back to center? Yeah. Um, let me give you two that are a little bit different. One is say you're sitting or whatever you're doing, sitting, standing, walking. Um, I like to get like grounded in my feet. So just feeling literally like aware that your feet are touching the ground, um, kind of get in your body more. So with that, I like to like press my feet down as I breathe in and say, maybe I say, maybe I don't usually to myself. Um, I am grounded and the exhales I am centered. So just kind of a mantra bringing that in and a way to connect to yeah your inner world. Maybe it's, I feel confident or I am powerful or whatever it is you need in that moment. Um, a breathing exercise is really can be so simple. Um, literally just being aware of your breath, just pausing and like, okay, where, where do I feel my breath in my body? Is it just pounding in my chest? Is it like butterflies in my stomach and then making your breath just more fluid. So a longer inhale, longer, slower exhale. And for the most part, when we focus on slowing down our breath and our our exhales in particular, we're moving into our parasympathetic nervous system. So a place where our body literally can slow down and from that place of calm, more relaxed, then you're kind of more focused and clear. Excellent. Yeah. I think there are, there are certain days depending on what's going on. And and I'm one that I would admit that I'm a little bit more mindful than most that I, that I encounter. And there are some days where I feel like at five o'clock or six o'clock, 
I, I think to myself, I don't think I've exhaled all day. And it's, yeah. it's, it's silly to think that, hey, I have forgotten to consciously breathe and exhale and feel my breath. And so sometimes when it is six or six 30 and I'm getting in my car or, you know, when I do remember to do it, it's that you, it's kind of a, I call it like an inner cleanse. When you take that pure breath and you get back to your, your normal breathing and you're very conscious of it, it feels like you're almost um, bringing in a, a, a cool spring breeze into your body. And it just brings all this awareness and, and, and peace to your body. So I, mm-hmm. I highly, I, I love those tips because we all, we all have one to three minutes to do those things. And so it really brings you back to center really quickly. Um, wow. One thing that I've, you know, I've, I've read through some of your content is, is the ability to overcome fear and overcome self-doubts and using um, more mindful approaches to your mental status. And can you tell me, why do you think we allow these fears to overcome us? Like, why do, what do you think we succumb to why, why is this such a, because it, a lot fear is mostly made up thoughts, right? It's, it's either yeah. basing the current status off of what's happened in the past or the, the, um, created anticipation of what could happen. So can we talk a little bit about why we allow that fear to overcome us and how to balance, how to, how to defeat that? Yeah, I think that's, um, a really important yet also challenging question because we all have, so many different things going on inside of us and in these fears is one of them. And a lot of them come from when we were literally like children. Like we didn't, one of mine that I realized recently was when I didn't make the basketball team when I was like in seventh grade, thankfully I made it the next year, but literally I held that like fear of failure with me for so long that until I did this inner work, I'm like, why it's time to let it go. And thankfully I have, I have like the tools to do that, but I don't know why we, I think our culture in this constant go, 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 and this, um, this constant not checking in with ourselves to, oh, I'm scared of this. Why? And asking more questions of, okay, why am I scared of this? And why is this still here? And what does it need from me? Sometimes it needs like acknowledgement and then to let it go. Um, but I, I think when we slow down enough to be present for what shows up in our life, in our kind of inner world, um, that stuff comes up. So that's one reason I think we stay so busy is so we don't think about this stuff. Um, but it takes work to, to kind of move through it. And do you think, and I love, I love what you said about, it took me stopping and asking extra questions. Do you think that that's something that we're intrinsically, and maybe it's a cultural thing, and I think it probably is having some international experience, but I think we in our country hold the fear of failure and the fear of weakness so close to the chest that even if it's just us asking questions about ourselves, that we're terrified of the answer because it may yeah. be a sign of weakness to, to, to your point about seventh grade basketball. <laughs> you know, to say I'm afraid of failing as an adult, why is that? Oh, yeah, it's because I never really truly came to grips with this failure as a child. Do you think a lot of people avoid those inner questions because of that fear of failure, that fear of weakness? Yeah. And I think part of it is kind of showing that we're not all together and that there are parts of us. There's parts of all of us that, um, I'll call it our shadow side, but that, that we have weaknesses. And, but in my opinion, when we can show up and be aware of our weaknesses, we can um, support ourselves a little bit easier and be more strong from that point rather than just ignoring them and shoving them off to the side. 
Um, but it's not easy. And I think that's a, a lot of us in, in our country want the quick fix. We want to feel better. That's why um, pharmaceutical sales is, is crazy because it is that quick fix. And, um, and you get to ignore that part of you that's screaming for attention. Um, but then you're just pushing it down and down and down and it's there and it's going to magnify. And, and do you think in that process, and, and I'm asking this with a, with a grin on my face because I've actually experienced this myself, when you suppress those things, be it pharmaceutically or um, you're just blocking it out because you don't want to deal with it, do you think it's, I hate to say it's a jack-in-the-box theory, but you know, the more you suppress it, that when it comes out, it actually comes out stronger because eventually, I mean, you could, you could avoid that for the rest of your life, but you could also have to be completely fine with not living a full self-transparent existence. So do you think that, yeah. that that suppression is just kind of pushing the spring down further and further, which results in a harder, a harder explosion? I, I think so. Um, I mean, there's, there's science that's being done actually now that shows that we literally hold emotional cells and trauma in our physical body. So when we're literally pushing it down and down and down, we're just keeping it and storing it for later. So, and we're probably adding on with all the other stuff that comes up in our life. And um, yeah, if we're not moving through it, it is, I would imagine it is growing and expanding. <laughs> That would, that would explain that lifelong knot that I have in my shoulder from my, my middle school suppression. So that, that makes sense. <laughs> I think I'm, that's where I'm storing it. That's what I've, I've had my aha moment for the day. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the value of meditation. And this is something that I'm extremely passionate about because I've seen it work in my life. And, and you and I have talked mm-hmm. about this before where um, truly meditation opens up a whole nother world of understanding of oneself. And it's, it's such a a positive thing to implement in your life. But can you talk about now that it seems that we are so we're overly connected, we're overly accessible, we're over, we have too many things that are influencing us and impacting us. And we have too many stimulus in our life. Do you think meditation is more important now than ever? I, yeah, definitely. Um, I know that from my personal practice, the more that I am connected and online and in the the realm of, yeah, not unplugging, I guess I'll say, um, the more I feel it in my body. Because when I do meditate, it's like, whoa, where have you been? What is happening? Because my, my thoughts are just adding on and compiling on and um, my to-do list is just never ending. And it probably never will. The to-do list will always be there. I think that's one thing we just have to all be okay with. <laughs> I think we've talked about that too. But the opportunity to, to slow down and connect to yourself and realize what's showing up in your world um, is really, really important and valuable for how you're treating yourself, how you're treating people in your life, um, and then how you're showing up, like I shared before, in, in business and the world of um, when you're not connecting by your, to yourself, yeah, there's so many influences in this world that it can get, um, get to be a lot. Agreed. Um, what would you tell somebody? Because I think I, I've seen, and maybe it's just that I'm more aware of it. It's kind of like when you buy a car, you now realize however, how many other people have that same kind of car all of a sudden. But now that I am such a proponent of meditation and I'm so ingrained in my own practice, I'm more aware that it's being talked about more. But for those that are apprehensive about it or think that you have to escape to some 
peaceful, quiet mountaintop with a great sunset to accomplish a, a true meditation practice. What would you say to those people just to get them started to debunk some of those myths about meditation and get them into a, a gentle introduction of a practice? Yeah, there's, um, we're all so different. So I feel like for each of us, it will look different and just taking the time to explore something new. But even if it's taking the time and dedicating two minutes every day to just sit there and breathe and to try and not let, or maybe just notice all the thoughts that keep coming in and see if, even though it's hard, you can just let some of them go. Um, I think that's a big one. And then for some people, it's just getting out and connecting in nature or finding going on a, a walking meditation can be as simple as that. So finding a way to just slow down from the rat race, I'll say, and, and connect to yourself. Um, but for me, it took dedicating the time every single day to do it. Um, and, and for a while to get me in the practice of it, I literally would set my alarm in the morning. I was like, Oh, I'll just sleep five more minutes. I won't meditate. I'll do that tomorrow is our signature, right? right. But I force myself, I have a meditation uh, recorded on hand so that I literally, no matter how I feel, I press play and it starts playing. And even if I'm laying down or maybe I sit up, um, I feel so much better. And from that place, I start my day um, rather than getting on my phone and suddenly like being inundated with all of the things that I have to do and what comes first um, taking the time for me or for you, um, every single day is the most important. So just start small, but set a goal of maybe every day you breathe for a minute and you set a timer. So what do you think are the main benefits that you've seen in your practice and also in, in those that you work with? What are the main benefits that you've seen through a regular meditation practice? Uh, um, there's, there's so many, I feel like it's evolved so much as I've evolved as a person and evolved mm. in my business as well. Um, but the biggest one for me is, um, knowing and understanding that first I'm not my to-do list. Um, and then when I slow down and I find a little more calm in my breath and connect to my body that, um, I'm more focused, I'm more present as I shared, I'm more grounded, um, and from that place, more productive. And a lot of people think like, oh, I don't have time. I have all this to do. I don't have even a minute to dedicate to meditating. However, if we took that minute, we'd be so much better off in everything else we're doing throughout that day. So um, focus, clarity, um, feeling grounded, feeling more calm and slowed down, even in the mind a little bit more relaxed. Um, so much of our culture, we are in this stress response constantly, which the breathing exercises has a lot to do with too. But when we take time, even a minute or two every day to meditate, we shift away from that stress response. And a lot in our physical body happens in our stress response, not great. I mean, good for of course, if we needed it, but to be in chronic stress response, our body is constantly fighting and going, going, going. So that's a big one physiologically. Um, uh, yeah, there's just so much more. I've, I've actually worked with a lot of people on because they become more clear and focused in, in their life and their business that they become more confident and empowered in what they do and how they do it, which, um, mm. it takes connecting to yourself and not listening to everyone else and what you should do, uh, to get there. I love it. And, and I think you could probably, um, appreciate this 
comment that I heard the other day that if people understood that the value of meditation is just as exciting as plugging in their phone to recharge, <laughs> they would understand that both recharge sequences are very much worth it. And I think there's, yeah. there is, it's, it's, it's almost, it's a little sick that we could say something like, Hey, I plugged my phone in and charged it. And everybody's like, Oh, that's such a wonderful feeling when you, when you get your phone on the charger. But at the same time, you're the most valuable, you're more valuable than any phone you've ever purchased, but yet we don't take the time to invest in the same care of -hmm. ourselves that we do our things. And so, yeah, I think a, a big thing for a lot of people is it is a little scary to slow down and actually connect with yourself because negative thoughts might come up. Like you never know what shows up that kind of shadow side or your fears might show up. Mm -hmm. And, um, it takes some time being quiet enough to, to notice that. And that I think for a lot of people is, is scary. I mean, I know a lot of people that even patients that they have are so scared of just silence because they're with themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of our culture too. Agreed. Now, so something you said there that, that popped out because I've, I've experienced this too, and I'd, I'd love your take on it. What do you do? Because I mean, I think, the general thought, myth, assumption about meditation is that you you close your eyes and you sit and think, and it's this peaceful journey, and it's almost like mm-hmm. bathing in a cup of warm tea because it's this Zen experience. And I've had this happen, and it sounds like you have too, when things that pop up that aren't all that pleasant. What do you do and how do you handle those things when they when they happen? Yeah, I think that's important to talk about because that it isn't always this glorious, you feel like you're in a retreat center feeling. Um, so stuff does come up. Um, it depends on what comes up. Um, I actually was meditating when I discovered that I have a fear of failure. So that was really hard to sit with. But because I was slowed down enough to be like, okay, here it is. I'm like, I'm not, I'm done pushing it down. I'm ready to come Like clearly it's here for a reason. That's my opinion. If things are coming up, it's here for a reason. We got to move through it. And sometimes it literally, for me, it was a big one of sitting down and I wrote a list of what's the worst that can happen if I fail here and what's the best thing that could happen. And the worst was that I'm staying where I'm at. And the best was like everything. So sometimes it's just sitting and being like, okay, what's showing up? Why is it showing up? How can I support myself? And sometimes it's just being with it. Sometimes it's journaling. Um, And this is a lot of the the things that I teach people, my clients, is the the different tools that we can use to move past it. Um, Sometimes for me, it's just moving my body. Like sometimes when fear comes up or whatever, negative thoughts, I go out and go for a run. No matter when in the day it is, because I got to move my body in order to in it and then out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's as easy as that to, to take it off. Um, sometimes it is a matter of asking it questions, even though mm-hmm. it feels weird. Like, why the heck are you here? What do you want? Um, and it's interesting what shows up when you do. Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's, it's, it's weird to say that that's one of the biggest benefits of meditation is getting to a point where you've pulled back all those things that you've been covering up and you, you pull back all the, all the padding of, of you know, the mental padding of hiding those stressors or those bad memories or those things, those trauma, you know, the traumatic events in facing them, because I think whether or not people, well, you know, I'm just going to put this away and I'm, I'm don't, I don't have to deal with it. 
Mm-hmm. That truly doesn't go away. Like you said earlier, it stores somewhere, either mentally or physically, it's going to store somewhere. So until you deal with it, you uncover the value of what that experience should be teaching you and move on yeah. that you're never, ever going to get rid of it. And so right. when those bad things pop up, it's actually a good thing because you're, yeah. you're uncovering all the things that are likely weighing you down on a daily basis and you're dealing with them at that point. Yeah. And there's, they kind of, if we shove them down enough, they almost become and feel like demons almost. Like they literally just feel like they're haunting our every move and like it's constantly showing up. But yeah, when you move through it and you find a way to move through it, there's also this sense of empowerment. And I definitely believe that we are all here for a reason in whatever way and moving through some of the stuff that happened to us when we were younger or that we didn't even know bothered us or these fears that we have to some extent where we need to move through them in order to get to this next level of us, whatever that is. And sometimes for some people, it's the fear of failure that's holding them back from their promotion or from doing this next big thing. And, um, we tend to think in our ego minds that, uh, no, I'm strong. I don't need to deal with this. It's fine. I'll get that promotion. I'll work harder. I'll put in the hours. But sometimes it's a matter of literally doing the inner work to get there. Right. And I think that's, you hit the nail on the head. And I think that's that's one of the things that is a consistent problem in our culture, both personally and professionally, is the, what I would say, a toxic lack of humility to say, hey, I'm not perfect. I've got my fears. I've got my, my negative features. I've got my things that I've had to, had to deal with in my life. We all have. And it's that Mm -hmm. inherent, I don't want to talk about it, deal with it, face it. I'd rather run from it. So you, you know, if you think about like a mental, a mental energy bar, you've already spent a lot of your energy when you first wake up dealing with those inner things because you're, you wake up running from them. Mm-hmm. And that's how you start your day. So whether you, would you rather continue to live your life running from these things or spending the energy pushing it down? Or would yeah. you face it, defeat it, overcome it, move past it, and then empower it? So then all of a sudden, you've now got this new source of energy and confidence because you've and overcome this. holding you down. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you're cutting, weight, you're cutting the weight loose. Yeah. You're more productive when you do the work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> We've just given you 15,000 reasons to do meditation and you all are developing your own as you're hearing this. Cause we all have our own thing that we've, you know, one or thing, you know, one thing or dozens of things that we've buried down that are weighing us down. So, um, so I love, I love how you've laid this all out and how people can immediately start making some progress for those that are the naysayers to get into a meditative practice. And the benefits are just, I mean, preaching to the choir here, but I mean, they're, they're astronomical. Um, what do you think, or why do you think we don't take care of ourselves? I know we've talked a lot about admittance of weakness and overly busy. Is there something else that is causing us? Cause I think the, the reliance on pharmaceuticals and we live in a culture of fix the health problem when it happens rather than prevent it with proper care. Why do you, why do you think we don't take care of ourselves as a country as much as we should? 
I don't know. I know it didn't start with, you know, the generation right now. I know like thinking back and thinking about even my grandparents, I mean, they were, they built a family and they took care of their kids and their family and they came last. And I'm sure it started even generations before that. So how it started, I have no clue, but it's definitely self-care is kind of like this hot topic now. And I think we're starting to really understand through research and just experience that wow, when I actually do take even a little bit of time to take care of me, whether that's mentally, physically, um, definitely professionally, emotionally, all these things, um, we really show up better. Like there's just so many benefits. So why we don't do it is beyond me. Mm. I used to think I was in the camp that I was too busy and self-care was at the end of my to-do list, which I never got to the end. So I never Mm -hmm. got to self-care. Um, but, and I see this, this a lot, but, um, I think once you start to experience even a little bit, um, of that space that you can create with self-care that, um, the light bulb kind of can go off. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So what would you say, you know, we, you can, we can talk all day long about things that you recommend to other people, but what is something that you have in your daily routine that is a non-negotiable, like this is. I mean, you talked about your meditative practice earlier. Is there something else that you have in your daily routine that like, this has to happen? Like I have to sing 80s music at some point because <laughs> that brings me immediate self-care. That brings me an immediate rush of joy. And I mean, that's mine. So try not to steal that one. Uh, but is there something that you have in your daily routine that you're just like, this is just like everything else can, can wait because this, this is going to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, I think the the biggest thing for me is taking at least 10 to 15 minutes in the morning um, for me and not picking up my phone, even though that's the first thing I want to do, which is crazy. Um, But sometimes that 10, 15 minutes is moving my body and stretching in bed, literally just doing what my body feels like it wants to do. Sometimes it's breathing. Um, It usually consists of a little movement breathing and meditation. Um, and sometimes it's a guided one. Sometimes I just feel like I can do my own. Um, but taking the time to start my day off as what it would feel like as a reset almost is, has been the most powerful way to start my day because I know when I don't, I'm scattered. I'm like rushing. Um, and I feel like I'm constantly trying to catch up to something where when I take the time for me and beginning of the day works great for me, sometimes for people it's at night. Um, but taking the time, non-negotiable, just to be with me and breathe gives me that like calm, slow steadiness to start the day. Um, But from there, my self-care actually is really different. It kind of changes every day. I have lists of stuff that I really like to do and that connect me and make me feel good. And um, some days I'm dancing. I'm a 90s child. So I'm (laughs) dancing 90s music. Sometimes I'm running or uh, sometimes it's just laying there and listening to a meditation and napping, um, hiking, being in nature. So I like to trickle my self-care in throughout my day where when I need a break from sitting at the computer for five hours, I go for a run or I go breathe and sit in my car or go listen to music or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my morning is my, I found to be the most effective for me. And so I, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'm glad that we're not doing video because you can see the gray hair that just popped out of my head with you calling me <laughs> an 80s child. And you're a 90s child. Um, what's what, what's what's your favorite? So what song gives you immediate energy when you hear it? What 90s song? 
Oh, well, I'm actually, I, I'm actually kind of an old soul. So I like the sixties and seventies. Love it. Um, so what song sticks out? I don't know. I've been liking this song by Trevor Hall, which is kind of new age music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have um, a playlist it's called goddess and that's my like dancing, do my own thing, be a weirdo music. Um, and then I have music that I just want to listen to and jump up and down. And that's like Led Zeppelin and, uh, Grateful Dead and all the random stuff, Van Morrison, Beatles. Nice. Yeah. And do you have, <laughs> is, is your, is your goddess playlist accessible? Is that something, something we can go look yes. at? It's on Spotify. Oh, I am on Spotify. Yeah. Will, I will, I will make sure that the show notes have that link. Um, and then I will go change my goddess playlist to not be the goddess playlist. Cause I don't want to make it seem like we both <laughs> have a goddess playlist. Um, embarrassing. Yeah, I know. I Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me, I know the, the one thing that I really wanted to learn more about today is that you've got a new online program that you're, that you've got going on. I want to learn more about that because I think that is personally, as, as somebody who does marketing and consulting, you know, online programs are the way to go just from a convenience standpoint, you could reach millions of people with it. So for those that are wanting to learn more about, um, you know, meditation, conscious breathing, yoga, is this, is it, you know, tell me more about the program and how that aligns with those people that are going to need something like that. Yes. So this on program, it's an eight week all online program. So you can be literally anywhere in the world and do this. Um, and it's called the embodiment Academy, um, really to embody your power, your strength, um, and who you are. Um, so we go over each week is a different lesson. So meditation is one, uh, mindfulness, self care, because there's so many different types of self care. A lot of people don't realize that, um, breath work, different types of movement is one, um, and then self-inquiry and journaling. But um, so each lesson you get, I have videos I've created, handouts, worksheets, um, but all of these are hosted on a different platform where you get to listen to these meditations whenever you want. But really my goal in it is to create and for people to build this kind of personalized toolkit for life and for healing so that when stress and overwhelm hit, you have, Oh my God, I'm going to do this meditation or I know what to do to take care of myself. Um, or when you feel like you've just drained yourself completely and you're like, help, I need help. You'll, you'll go there. But, um, so yeah, it's an eight week program. I'm really, really excited about it. It starts, I'm going to, I think run it quarterly, but it starts, uh, in a couple weeks. Um, but it's based on three kind of core components. So the first one is coaching. So we have group coaching calls because we know that when we meditate or when we slow down enough, all our crap comes up. Um, so an opportunity to kind of move through it and, um, get to the other side and integrate this all into your life. Um, another one is community. It's a group program. So there's an online platform where we'll all get together and be able to communicate, ask questions, connect, inspire each other. Um, and then the last piece is content or, um, yeah, pretty much content for all the the stuff. And you get unlimited access to all of this, which I've really wanted to, to make happen. So that, like I said, that when you need a meditation or you want a simple breathing exercise, but you have no idea what to look for on YouTube, that you have it. Um, and all of these videos and handouts and everything are downloadable. So you can download them to your phone or your computer. So they're kind of like your go-to, um, practices. So the toolkit on the go. Yeah. I like exactly. it. I like yeah. it. 
So tell everybody where they can find more information about this. I know that you're, you've got a great website and you've got a great social media platform. Um, tell people where they can find out more information about that. Yeah. Um, three ways you can send me an email. My email address is hello at healerswithin.com. So hello at healerswithin.com. Um, I'm on Instagram. You can send me a message, check out my stuff. Um, that's healers within yoga therapy. And then my website, um, I actually don't have a sales page right now for it, but you can get in contact with me there. Um, my website is www.healerswithin.com. So yeah. Excellent. Every single way. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes so you can easily access everything and you can get in touch with Caitlin as quickly as possible because this is something that everybody needs in their life. You know, Caitlin and I both, we, we've talked about this and we not, we're nodding about it now in the sense that it is, you know, meditation and, and conscious breathing and stretching and yoga and really just the general package of self-care is so critical. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's probably more, more critical now than ever. And so if you want to really get in touch with how you can overcome these fears and overcome the stress of life and overcome the distractions and really get back to what in essence is kind of, you know, the eighties and nineties way where we, we weren't as accessible and we were probably less stressed. Um, but you know, Caitlin is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource for this. So please visit healerswithin.com. Uh, all her content is going to be on, uh, in the show notes, go check her out on, on Instagram. She's got a phenomenal page. So, Thank you, Caitlin, so much for sharing your background, sharing your insights. And I'm really excited to see these people get involved with your program and really find their true happiness inside. So thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is awesome. Excellent. Thank you. We will see you next time on the Enrich Your Soul podcast. And you better be more relaxed when you come back because you've touched base with Caitlin. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. For more information and resources, visit richbracken.com. 